It seems like all the time there's a new superhero movie coming out. I don't keep track of them anymore. There's too many. I can't even keep track of all the superheroes in the Marvel Universe. And it seems like at least for decades, maybe even a century, there have been things like comic books and movies and stuff like that depicting superheroes. But I think it even goes back further than that. I think it goes back centuries, maybe millennia, to the time of the, the writer Homer and when he wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey, talking about all these gods with their powers. And of course, we know them to be false gods, but I think human beings have been fascinated with, that, with this idea of having supernatural powers and somehow being like superheroes. We see a glimpse of that today in our Lord as he shows himself in his glorified body at the transfiguration. And then it's only a glimpse. He goes back to normal. And then his, his apostles, they won't see him like that again until after the resurrection. And then after the resurrection, he somehow has a glorified body. We don't get the details of it in the scriptures, but we know that Jesus looked different because his closest friends didn't recognize him. Mary Magdalene in the garden thought he was the gardener. And then those other disciples walking on the road to Emmaus, they didn't recognize him until he made himself shown in the breaking of the bread. So in his glorified body, he somehow looked different, but he was still the same person. If you ever visit Washington, D.C., and you get a chance to go to the Basilica Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, they try to depict Jesus there on the back of the, well, I guess it's the far front of the church, in that big mosaic, and it's like uh, Jesus in his glorified body. And he's got these golden locks of hair, and he's got these big muscles and stuff, and he's got fire coming out of his head. And it's like, wow, that's a superhero. That's my kind of superhero, the Lord Jesus himself. But what does this mean for us, though? Well, St. Paul tells us, as he tells the Philippians in today's second reading, he will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body. So that must mean we also are going to have a glorified body at the resurrection. We also are going to have these special powers like Christ, being able to pass through walls and do all kinds of other things in that glorified body like his. Isn't that good news for us? And so I think maybe when we notice this fascination we've had with superheroes over the centuries, maybe it's really part of God's plan. Maybe there's something to this. Maybe it really is pointing us to our own destiny, that we are called to be like Christ, even in, in his glorified body. And it's a good reminder for us because we say this every Sunday at Mass, we repeat in the creed, I look forward to the resurrection of the dead. We believe in the resurrection of the body. That's part of Christian dogma from the beginning. St. Paul goes through all kinds of pains in explaining this to the Galatians and, and some of his other audiences in his, in his letters in the New Testament. St. John Paul II, he says, the church is always seeking ways to bring the mysteries of Christ to humanity. And maybe even something that might seem as silly or make-believe as superheroes can be a way for us that we introduce people to our true treasure, which is Christ himself. And after Jesus showed his closest apostles a glimpse of his glory, then he goes back to normal. So this is a reminder for us that we're called to find God in the normal things of life, in the everyday. Especially, though, we find him in something looks, that looks very normal in the Eucharist. Eucharist looking like a, a really thin, flat piece of bread and wine. But we know through the eyes of faith, it's not bread and wine. We know that it is really, truly him 
Jesus himself in his substance, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We might remember also over the past week with our parish mission, Father Sullivan pointed out one of the, one of the nicknames for Christ is the prisoner of the tabernacle. And as we, as we go visit people who are in prison, it's good for us to go visit Christ who is held there in the tabernacle. And as we visit him, it's a, a beautiful time for us to pray. And that same Jesus who we're, we are visiting is the same Jesus who was transfigured before his apostles in today's gospel. So in, in, the, in the normal everyday life, we are called to be daily by his side as he is our companion. And we think of our closest human companions, maybe husband and wife think of each other in that way, but even the closest human companions have to separate from each other for a time when they go to work or when they work their hobbies or whatever else. But Christ is a unique companion and that we never have to separate from him. We can always have him next to us. We can always keep him in prayer constantly, telling him everything as one person tells another. And that's a perfect practice for us in the season of Lent to be constant in prayer. Because what we hear the Father say from the cloud today is listen to him. So listening to him is what we call at least half of our prayer. So prayer, sacred scripture, and from the church herself is where we hear and where we listen to Christ, our, our divine physician. So a couple of reminders that we notice from today's readings. First of all, we notice that the Father speaks to us from the cloud. So of course the cloud shows us that there is some divine intervention about to happen. And then we might say, well, why are these, these uh, characters of Moses and Elijah also with the Lord in this scene? Well, Moses and Elijah, they were the ones who already spoke with God in the Old Testament. They were the ones who already had some kind of a glimpse of his glory. So today now we see the divinity of Christ as he shows his glory to his companions. So that's a reminder for us of our own eternal destiny. We're called to participate in the glory of Christ for eternity. But how do we start that today? How do we begin? Well, we notice these apostles with the Lord, Peter, James, and John, his three favorites, they fell asleep in prayer once again. And as we go into Holy Week, we're going to hear the story once again on how they fell asleep in prayer that other time when the Lord was in his agony in the garden. We might say, these guys are weak. How come he had such weak apostles as the people who were going to bring him to the world? But they did just that. In their weakness, because of the gifts that God gave them, because of Christ himself, they were able to bring him to the world. They did just that. They showed that the good news is that the Lord Jesus would bring about a new exodus. Not the exodus from slavery to the, to the Egyptians, like in the Old Testament, but a new exodus from the slavery of sin and death, where we find ourselves. So St. Paul tells the Philippians in that second reading today, he invites them to imitate him because he's the one who is imitating Christ. And now we might say, okay, you're going too far. You're calling me to imitate Christ. You're calling me to be constant in prayer. I'm lucky I made it to Mass this morning. I might feel more like those people that St. Paul talks about in that second reading when he talks about their God is their stomach. They glory in their shame. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's the, where I find myself this morning. But once again, no problem. That's a beginning point. That's a starting place. And Lent, where we find ourselves now, is the perfect time to begin. The perfect time to clear away those false gods. The perfect time to block or to move away whatever blocks us from that interaction with Christ. 
Earlier in this homily, I mentioned this idea of keeping Jesus as the prisoner of the tabernacle and, and visiting him there. But also in this time of Lent, it's a time to keep the priest as the prisoner of the confessional. By everybody participating in that sacrament, preparing ourselves not only for Easter, but preparing ourselves to meet the Lord, to get right with him, and to become his ambassadors for the world. Then as we are his ambassadors for the world, we accept that destiny that is ours, that destiny of being one with Christ, the one who is our true superhero.